almost every day I get an email from someone that says, is my person a narcissist? And then they write a whole entire email about the description of who they're with. Often, <laughs> if it's that long and they've got all of these situations, it sure sounds like a narcissist, right? We aren't going to diagnose somebody, but we need to understand what they look like, how they act, and my guest today is Robin Byron, who is the author of a new book called Bye Bye Narcissist, How to Identify, Understand, and Leave the Narcissist. And we're going to talk about the different signs, what to look for, how it feels, and maybe even the stages of, of narcissistic abuse and how it feels in those stages, because it's not the same. It is clearly, you're going to be so in love in the beginning and then so distraught in the end. So my name is Tracy Malone. I am the founder of NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. I'm an international coach. I coach people uh, with narcissistic um, partners and I help people through divorce because I am the author of Divorcing Your Narcissist. You can't make this shit up. And let's go welcome Robin and hear what she's got to say about how do I identify a narcissist so that if you're one of those people about to send me an email to say, is this a narcissist? Listen to the video and you'll get the answers that you need and then you start from there. So let's go meet Robin. Hi, Robin. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that you are here today. We are going to be talking about your new book called Bye Bye Narcissist. But let's just start by introducing you to my audience. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a psychologist and I've been doing this a long time, probably 30 years. I started with children and then I came across a narcissist in my life. And since that time with the healing that I did, I decided to make this one of my specialties as well. And I wanted to write a book because I've seen thousands and thousands of patients in my office who have gone through this. And I figured it might be really helpful to hear it from a psychologist. I'm a, the woman psychologist on the book. And then there's a, a male psychologist, um, my colleague, Dr. Fred Holtz. So. And we got together and said, let's do it because he's been through the same experience that I had been through. And you know what? The amazing thing is that people don't realize that a psychiatrist, psychologist can also get abused, right? Yeah, yep. usually clients yeah. I've had that are psychologists are like, I should have known. How could I not know? Why didn't you know? And, and that's like a, an important part of just letting people understand that we can't know till we know, till they show themselves. So how right. did that happen for you? How did I not know? I did not know because I, I mean, I took abnormal psych in school. I worked in Bellevue, which is one of the, the largest hospitals in New York City. I, you know, I learned about personality disorders, but I never really thought that what would it be like to be victimized by a person like that? I was too trusting. Uh, I, did I know? Honestly, my gut went off. Did I, it, it's, it's almost like I knew, but I didn't know to trust my gut. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I didn't know. Yeah. And then, that's what I learned. 
And again, when we're in love, like, and when it's coming on so strong and we have these feelings, it's hard to look beyond it and go, oh, let me analyze his behavior or he's just being super, super nice, right? Um, yeah. So it's it's common that therapists are actually really, really amazing targets because mm -hmm. they bring that uh, validation to, oh, if something wrong, they wouldn't she have known, you know, and you're like, it, it, it stirs up and makes them feel like they have protection because they're with someone with with cred that would certainly know that they uh, I'm not that person right so they're they're using it to their advantage right and and they're pretty bad people and they pretty much know they're bad people <laughs> I know the word bad is not you know demonic or I, I could use so many words but yes we give them credibility oh you know he can't be so bad or she can't be so bad if we're with them but yeah, it happens. It happens to everyone. So it, that's what I wanted to push that in there, not to, to belittle you for getting in this. We've all done it. I am a, you know, three time loser here. I kept going. <laughs> so once we see it, we can't unsee it. And for you yeah. and I, we both went to the side of I've got to help other people understand this. And that's why your book came in. So let's just start off with for the audience just a brief, what is a narcissist? Not necessarily the DSM-5, blah, 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 blah. But how would you describe it if someone was in your office and, and the behaviors they were describing, how would you say this is narcissist? That's a great question. So I think there's different levels. Somebody could have narcissistic traits. The people that we're talking about have full-blown personality disorder and narcissistic personality disorder, NPD, falls on the cluster B continuum of personality disorder. And so what does that include? That includes sociopaths and psychopaths and borderline and narcissistic personality. And do they overlap in traits? Yes. Um, but it's someone with a very predictable um, pattern of behavior. And it's almost, to me, it's like a spectrum. So once you're able to see the personality traits like the love bomb or um, the devaluation, the discard, the hoovering, you're almost able to predict what's going to happen and how to protect yourself. And they do prey on people who are empathic. I know that's a big you know, catch word now. Um, just, just kind people who tr are trusting and who um, have trouble setting boundaries, I think that's that's part of it. Absolutely, and and I think codependent caregivers, people pleasers are again, favorite snack food for a narcissist yes. because they will forgive them, they will do for them, they will be their indentured slave and servant, right? So they have a specific like type of person that they're looking for, but, to me, one of the things we need to just kind of throw in here is there's many flavors of narcissists. So there's the grandiose narcissist, which, you know, I almost call flamboyant. You can see it. They want to be, they walk into a room, they take it over. It is their, you know, their, their destiny to be that special person all the time. No one yeah. else can share their light. And if you have light, they steal it from you, right? 
but the covert narcissist is is what I've had and the covert narcissist is the soccer coach and the good guy and the you know got the good person job and and these happen with females as well right I'm not just men mashing here um but it happens in all situations where people think they are the nicest person on earth until the door closes and behind closed door is where all the abuse happens as they control that person. So for people who are out there trying to decide, please look at the different types. Again, we are just throwing in, you know, the top level <laughs> overt and covert, but there's the malignant narcissist. There's the spiritual. There's so many different factors. And again, those traits all overlap. But if we don't know it and we just think, oh, we'll know it, that grandiose guy that comes in and oh, I'm the best and wants all that affirmation. But then we have this mild manner Clark Kent guy we have to understand what is behind that if you know we're seeing things that aren't true right and they are very i think the mild manner clark kent covert narcissist can can really get the flying monkeys and trick a lot of people because of their their soft side yeah. and and vulnerable victim side they always have a sob story always uh, to me they're they're much more dangerous in some ways I think so. I think because, uh, you know, again, the, the grandiose, you know, we see it, we know what to expect, but right. we're fooled by someone because we think of all these wonderful virtues that they're presenting. We give them this automatic trust level. And that's where the danger comes. Like we would be more cautious with somebody that was so flamboyantly needing attention. We would probably walk away from that a little bit easier because it's easier to see. But when they are that covert, they do so much more damage. And again, it's 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 all woven into our friendships. It's woven into every possible part of our life. And everyone thinks they're the best thing. And so now you're beating public opinion to, yeah. to explain, no, this is what's really happening. And nobody right. they think oh, he's so nice. Um, in in the book, I, I refer to the covert narcissist as a spider. Because you, you just never know when they're going to do something and it's so passive aggressive and they just jump and do it and, and you're just, you don't even know what to expect. Yeah, exactly. So in your book, um, and this is on page four, this, I love this. And I first started like highlighting it, which is my mode of destroying books. <laughs> I just, <laughs> and then I literally started writing and I only did this for a couple I like had a couple of my narcissists they gave their first initial and I'm like mom this x that x oh and then I was like every single thing was for every single one of them I was like trying to like differentiate going nah that and I'm like no every single thing in here so um the traits that you list in here obviously are no empathy uh doesn't take responsibility they're blamers do you have a book in front of you? You want to pull out a couple, just a couple from this list that I think are so, um, you know, important. We talked about always playing the victim, right? Oh, yeah. Um, the victim, the sob story that they use over and over, the fake crying. That was a big one. Um, just short tempered. All of a sudden, you know, they think differently. They see the world so differently than you do. I, I want people to understand that. Like just a, a typical event, they'll they'll look at it in a negative way. My friend once met this person and said, oh, he's a hater. They just, they hate. 
they try to be neutral, but they really, when it comes down to it, they don't like people so much. They're jealous, um, envious. Um, they don't like themselves. Obviously, they project. Um, but let me see. So the traits, controlling, demeaning, they never apologize, or they'll say, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> um the the isolating is a big part of it and they'll take your good traits and turn them around and make them negative traits mm. and you know the the isolating is a big part of it um and they can't take criticism um jealous of other people's accomplishments there's so many here i i i looked at the exaggerate achievements and talents and yeah all of my narcissists did that they were all covert but they all did that where they're the best thing they were salesmen selling me these lies right but i believed them without any proof or evidence because i was the gullible you know empathic codependent that was like oh how nice you must be so special you know it it was it, they were fooling me and, and just pulling the wool over my eyes but that exaggeration of who they are in contrast to what and how they perform is something we got to look at my husband was a big had a big corporate job and we worked at the same company when i first met him and you know oh boy he's so special he's a big director and ooh later to find out he couldn't write an email and i became his personal secretary to respond to the other people and i'm like wait are you the big executive but you can't write an email like right. nothing made sense but that exaggeration of how special they were was what hooked me until the reality set in and i realized that was all a lie yeah they they lie about their educational achievement mm -hmm. um yeah, it just, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I remember I didn't even know his age after a while. <laughs> it would just be, he was born one year, he was this age. So yes, they, they lie about everything. So I really believe that one thing that comes out of this, that we could teach children, you know, or preteens or people that are in relationships, dating, watch somebody's actions, stop listening to words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because there's so many words that suck you in so you know to me that's a big part right if you think about stop falling for potential yeah right? they've got such good potential you know what call me when you've actually done one of those things right. <laughs> yes exactly and that's where future faking comes in if we like if we're after potential we're and then future faking is a great tool for them <laughs> To talk about future faking because you just mentioned it and I think people need to understand it because that's part of the, the love bombing stage often. So mm -hmm. the beginning of a relationship and the idealized factor is the love bombing. So talk to me about what you just said. Future faking is talking about the future and to, to the person that they're victimizing, uh, it sounds fantastic. I mean, we're, we're going to do this and we're going to, you know, travel here and buy a house here and I'm going to be the head of this or that. And to them, it's it's almost it's like the joke's on you because I'm just, you know, future faking and, and no one calls them out. We don't call them out on it because it's it just it's it's like music to our ears. <laughs> this is what we want to hear. But it's it's pretending about the future it is fuck you in often and i find this and and you can validate with your clients as well is is 
we give them the script of what we're looking for, yes. then the future faking comes in like, oh, I want to have two babies and a puppy. Oh, so do I. You know, I mean, everything that we are giving them and they're being very diligent in the beginning, they are pretty sharp on honing in on making us feel like they're hearing us and they can give us what we're looking for. So I think for my clients who are giving them the score of here's what I want, and then they become it, that makes the future faking so much easier for them because you've given them what your needs are. So, oh, I can do that. Oh, you want to move to Europe? Oh, we can do that. I've always wanted to go to Europe, you know, whatever it is, they're playing into your biggest desires because we gave them the script. Right. And they can be very savvy about just to expand on that. They can be very savvy about that, about the future faking part, because let's just say someone wants a baby in the relationship. The woman wants a baby. The, the man is the narcissist or has narcissistic personality disorder. He can say, and you're going to have the, and he doesn't want children and he doesn't want it put on him. So she can say, you know, he can say to her, you know, and you're going to have beautiful babies but it doesn't mean with him. So he, when this happens and she's left with a kid, he can say, oh, I never I never wanted to be a, a, a father. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it could be very uh, twisted, the future faking too. That's what I've seen. Yeah, well, in the answers at the end, when they yeah. try to, they promised it, then you got it. And then, oh, but that's not what I said. I don't know what you're talking about. So again, mm -hmm. it's, part of the con because I think that that hook in the beginning is very much a con job again coming to you with exactly what you're looking for promising to be it promising yeah. they also want that but I think that's such a red flag that the similarities like I want them to have their own goals I want them to go this is what I want I want us to be able to go well, I'll give a little you give a little but with a narcissist they morph into your story so that's a red flag for people to be like, don't they have their own needs or? <laughs> right. I know I, I got a dog and all of a sudden he got a dog when he was, when he was mirror, mirroring me and finding out in order to start, you know, and love bombing, but uh, just to get information, like you said, um, that was part of it. Yeah. So one more part that I want to tip on in the, um, it is how it feels, because if we're looking at how we identify them, we have to tap into how it feels to be with a narcissist. And I think it's different. I think it's different from the beginning, that idealized stage to the devalue. How does someone feel in the idealized stage? Like you're on drugs, your dopamine levels in your brain are so high, you can't think straight. Mm -hmm. That's that's what I see. They're, you're just on another planet. Yeah. You just feel like you're the luckiest person. How did I get so lucky to meet this person? I'm so blessed. You're just absolutely beaming because, again, they're giving you everything that you want. But then comes the devalue stage. What would you yes. say? One word of the devalue stage. What would you say it would be? One word that describes the stage? Oh, um like your breath is taken away every single second of every single day you can't exhale anymore yeah that's how i would describe it which they confusing because yeah. they wanted this and now it's what and and 
you said you like that about me, but now you don't. It's very confusing. And so people need to see that that confusion is not normal. It's like they were right. and they were this guy yesterday. I bought today. This is the part that confuses me, right? So when you are presented with that and sort of the the the, the double end sword of is it this or is it that? I'm confused. Those are signs that you're entering into that. They call you names or you're not good enough or whatever it is. It starts to be like, but you liked that about me last week, right? And so those are uh, like a, a telltale sign that things are in that state because you're confused. Right. And when you are confused in a relationship and you're talking about it a lot, it's not the right relationship. <laughs> you know, wait, wait. <laughs> People say, is this, can it, you know, can this work? Can it, probably not if this is all you're focusing on and you're that confused, you know, so something to know. And then the last part is the discard stage. How do they feel in that? That's, um, that's tough because that's another roadblock after the confusion. That is a lot more confusion and it's a lot of, a lot of blame. I see people really blaming themselves very shameful, um, you know, and of course the trauma bond, you know, they, they can't, the dopamine drops and they, they, they really have brain chemistry issues at that point from, from the relationship and from all the trauma. Um, and that's very tough. And that's when you really need to reach out because I think that's when the trauma bond is, is very apparent. Yeah. And I, I think just the loss of self, most victims don't know who they are. They've yeah. given, given everything to this person and they've been isolated. They've lost their friends. They've lost their passions. So they just have this loss of self, but they also have like, they feel broken. They feel like unlovable. They feel like, like the self-blame. I did something wrong. Like you just mentioned, these are the results of a narcissist, right? And right absolutely the worst feeling in the world so many people i remember many years ago i put a post in my facebook group and said has anyone ever thought of killing themselves over this and within half an hour we had 300 people showing their slit wrists and their scars yes i wanted to die yes i wanted to die it's not a good relationship if you want to die or they put you in that place and and that part is manipulation to think you had the you know your soulmate and then the perfect person for the rest of your life and then they rip the carpet out from underneath you and you're standing there alone naked in the street scared to right. death scared to move unable to move right so those are the kind of feelings that I think if we tap into understanding them and if your friends are going through this you will see that they want to die. That is not normal. That is something they need some real help for because that means the trauma bond is so tight around their neck that they can't even imagine life without them. And yet they're the abusive, right? It's Stockholm syndrome, right? Oh, it's, there's no worse feeling. There's no worse feeling. And the 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 fact that I, I went through this and I could help people with that and say, it's going to be okay. I know you feel, you feel so bad. And I, it's like, you, you could only describe it as brain being brainwashed mm -hmm. and it could happen to the most intelligent people. Mm -hmm. And it's just something you can't put your finger on, but it's just, it's just there. And it's, it's so covert, the brainwashing yeah. Yeah. and subliminal and all the, that. It's, it's 
again, we know how horrible it is. And your book helps people learn how to, you know, leave the narcissist as well as identify them. There's so much amazing stuff in the book. I'm so excited to share it with the world. Um, is there anything that we missed in the book that you wanted to share? Um, I think we covered a lot of it. I mean, the, you know, the healing part of it is is really important to get yourself back. And for me, that included taking care, the self-care, yes. And I'm not talking about taking long baths. <laughs> so, you know, the self-care, it, it includes so many aspects of your life. And if you just focused on you mm-hmm. and broke down what's important for a full and happy life, that's self-care. Self-care is is um, organization. Self-care is an exercise. Self-care is eating healthy. Self-care is... Um, financial self-care is other relationships really nurture the other relationships in your life and that's that's the direction that I think is important to go is to talk more about the healing um and I don't see that out there as much like to just to break down you know what really is important I became a health coach that was one part of my healing um but, you know, and, and all I would do is listen to relationship and, and watch and, and buy books about relationships and financial and to go to conferences and just just learn so much from this. And I am so happy that this happened to me so I could help other people. And it made me grow so much, too. And, and that's why the important thing is to everybody know that this doesn't have to define you, but definitely is going to change you. Trauma changes you, right? But that doesn't mean it's for the worse, right? You're going to be smarter. You're going to be much more resilient to, you know, putting up with somebody in this kind of behavior again. You're going to be, you know, stronger in your resolve of who you are. And those are the things that money can't buy is the, the lessons from this horrible, horrible type of abuse it sets you on a place to restart again and and be the person that you were never allowed to be with a narcissist. So thank you so much for being here. How can people find you? I know we can buy the book on Amazon. Where else can they get it? Uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble. Um, You could find me on everything's under drrobin.com, drrobin, on my TikTok, Instagram, all the social media, um, YouTube. And on my website is is where most of the information is. We'll put a link down below so everybody can find you. I just wanted to hear you say it so we know. And I can't thank you enough. Your expertise in this shows in the book. You and Fred did an excellent job after each chapter going, this is what Robin thinks. This is what Fred thinks. And the, the male, female, and the both being victims, both being psychologists, it makes a difference to understand the whole dynamic because men do get abused too and we don't want to forget them they get very angry when i have women's groups and they're not included but i just want them to know that you know we understand that it happens on both sides of the table and you know in many ways i personally think female narcissists are worse because they have that extra cloak of you know i'm a good mother and i don't do that you know so it's it's a it's a whole nother game so thank you so much for being with me today i really thank you tracy thank you so much thank you well i hope that was helpful isn't she great um, I just love that um, she's so vulnerable to share that 
as a psychologist, she also was abused. This is again, really, really common. And I can't tell you how many psychologist clients that I've had that, you know, feel like they should have known better, but narcissism is stealth and narcissism is, um, something that we don't see it until we see it. So thank you so much, Robin. I hope you all enjoyed it, got something out of it. If you are looking to figure out if you are with a narcissist, go to my website, NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. We have thousands of pages. We have explanations. I even have a free ebook for who your narcissist is. If it's co-parenting, marrying, divorcing, relationships, family, siblings, I've got work. I've got free ebooks and pages that describe that. So checklists. Yes, yes, yes. No matter who it is, we've got the answers on our website with all of these free, wonderful downloads for you. So visit my website and I will see you again next time. Thank you again. This is Tracy Malone.